Hello and welcome to Fix the Money Podcast, streaming live from Vienna, Austria, trying to fix the money, understand everything about the global monetary order and how Bitcoin mixes in. I'm sitting with Nico Yilch. I'm Yael Ososki. We wanted to give you guys a little bit of a, a take here of what the Fix the Money podcast would be for the next year. So Nico, thanks for being here, good man. Thanks for inviting me into your, uh, your lovely space. Hi, Yael. Hi, everyone. I'm Nico, Nico Yilch. Some of you know me maybe from reading the Fix the Money Substack. I launched it about half a year ago. Um, we, we sat down about two weeks ago and we said, let's do this, let's do this together. People want to listen to a lovely Canadian, American native voice and my stupid thoughts from, from Europe. And I thought, let's, let's combine this, right? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good combination. And um, I, I guess we could give a little bit of a backstory to the people listening. Uh, some of you might have been reading over there at fixthebunny.substack.com and been reading a lot of the articles and contributions uh, from Nico, from some of his buds and buddies around the world, and a couple articles that I've put up on there as well. So, Nico, I think a lot of people will know at least generally your background. Uh, you're obviously uh, someone who came from uh, the mainstream finance analysis, analysis world and have now uh, sort of tripped up into Bitcoin. So how did that look uh, going from someone who was writing uh, sort of on a daily basis and now putting all of your focus in on stack and sats? So the writing is harder and harder like every week. I come, I come from the daily paper where you write about one to two million characters. So we don't, we don't count words, we count characters in, in the European system. It's a lot. You write a lot. But the thing is that, and this also has been a problem with me with Bitcoin, is if you, if you spend too much time in the mainstream media, if you, if you spend too much time with daily news at all, um, you get distracted and you really never see any big picture. I was lucky in that I was able to you know, get into monetary policy, monetary systems, gold, um, Austrian economics, Bitcoin, very early on um, from a topic point of view. But I also had the problem that after like a couple of weeks, I would, I would move on to other things, right? So I would cover like the ECB, the euro crisis. I covered lots of financial system stuff, uh, financial assets. Gold was a, a big topic or still is a big topic for me. And Bitcoin has been my main topic now for a year. So I started in, in, in exactly in January 2022. I started my, my uh, German channel, which is called Was Bitcoin Bringt, which is also is a podcast. It's a, it's a YouTube channel. I did some English interviews with Seyfedin, um, with, with uh, Luke Roman and a couple of other people. Um, but, but I decided pretty early on that I wanted to split the German and the English stuff. And this is why we're here now. So I have for this podcast... The idea is that we, we sit down and talk like in real, like for real, no digital stuff needed because we both live in Vienna, Austria, which is in the center of Europe um, and, and has a, a, a long story, a long history, um, especially with Bitcoin because, you know, that's, this is where Austrian economics comes from, right? And, and the second thing is that I do get around. I do get. To, I, I go to conferences. I meet people from the from the Bitcoin space. I get to sit down with them. But if I do, I have. I, I might have my laptop and a mic, but not like a video camera, right? So, I do have podcasts with Greg Foss, um, with with uh, Isabella Kaminska, Chris Tyra from Fidelity Digital Assets, and a couple of other people already lying around from last year, or from this year, whatever. Whenever you're listening to this, from two thousand and twenty-two. And and I want to publish them on Substack on this on this platform. Fix the money is at, actually I wanted to call the whole thing notes from Vienna first, mm. and then I I, was, I remember I was like lying in bed with my laptop, which you should never do, you know, bringing the laptop to bed. But I was checking out which which uh, URLs are still free, and for some reason it, it the fix the money thing popped to my head, and yeah. I also got the fixthemoney.net immediately after that. So we, we own that and we, we will use that in the future. But for now, we'll stick with the Substack. All right, cool. All right. You like Substack, right? Good platform. Been able to reach to a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people signed up to your list. They've been reading the articles. They've been commenting. They've been sending hearts. <laughs> I've seen that. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> I'm really, I'm, I'm a big fan of So So like for me, this is two things. Bitcoin 
to like fix the monetary system, especially at least for myself. So the great thing about Bitcoin is I can do something immediately about it. Um, I was into the bit into the gold rabbit hole for way too long. Oh, yeah. I, I like gold, you know, but the thing is, if you gold will never give you the opportunities that you that you that you get with Bitcoin from a personal standpoint. Bitcoin works perfectly with uh, with uh, what what Americans would call a libertarian. Uh, view of the world, right? So the German liberal is more like classical liberalism, is more like what Americans would call um, libertarian. And, you know, we get words mixed up, right? We also get inflation mixed up and, and you know, whatever. So, um, and Substack, I was, I'm, 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 I was amazed by Substack and I love having the ability to write there. I like writing in English. If I, if I could choose, this would be the only thing that I would write, but I still have to do other stuff um, for the money. <laughs> but but um, we'll get there em- eventually. Um, and you reach a whole other audience. And for me, it's just, it's fun and it works. And I'm very happy to have you on because you you add a whole different like perspective from your ge- geography, from your background, and also from, you're more into the technical stuff, right? I'm, I'm not very good with the technical stuff. I like it when the technical stuff works. I like the technical stuff of podcasting and YouTube and also uh, uh, Bitcoin, but it's not like my my main focus. So, Yell, where are you from? Actually, I never I never know. I never know <laughs> where I'm from. Uh, well, I'm uh, the way I like to describe it is Canadian born, American raised, and Viennese by the grace of love. So, uh, it's actually coming up on my 10 year anniversary in Austria. So, I've been here a good while, but I think uh, with the way the internet works and the world works. And maybe that's one way I'm so primed to using Bitcoin is because I, I used it very early as a transfer mechanism to get money between both the U.S. and Europe. I saw it as a very practical tool when I was using it back in 2013. Uh, for me, it was just a way to get value from one particular fiat system and translate it over to another fiat system to pay some bills. And it worked really well at that time. And uh, now 10 years on in Austria... You know, I still have a lot of my work and things I'm doing in the States and in Canada. I'm still writing in French and English there, trying to uh, get some things going. It's it's an entirely different space in Canada. I think there's a lot of great stuff in English. There's already great companies, you know, CoinKite, ColdCard. You've got um, a lot of different podcasts. You've got a lot of great authors, um, very good Canadians who are, are doing great things. Not so much on the French side. There's only a few. But we have Greg Foss. We have Jeff Booth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, plenty, plenty of great uh, Anglo Canadians, as we would call them. <laughs> On the French side, we have uh, Bull Bitcoin. That's uh, Francis. Uh, so he's been doing a great job. I think he lives in Costa Rica or something like this now. So he's he's somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, I float between. So um, you know, as 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 much as I can like to say that I'm some international person, you know, I'm just someone who ended up in Vienna and, and here I am, and somehow was able to meet you. Uh, actually, you that was also about ten years ago. Now, now do you remember? Do you remember how we met? Um, I think it was a, I'm going to say it was a cafeteria at the University of Leuven, Belgium. Maybe you remember it differently, but I remember being there and I heard that there was a journalist from Austria and uh, I had just moved to Austria. I was two months fresh in the country and thought I knew everything and everybody. Uh, Obviously I did not. (laughs) And you were there talking a lot about uh, the ECB and gold. You were the big gold guy back then. I remember that. So this was Students for Liberty, right? Mm-hmm. We were young back then. I still had hair. Um, so that be- means we were young. And Leuven, that's, where is that? In Belgium, right? Yeah. Did you say that? So it's in Belgium. And it was like the Student for Liberty. Was it the first Students for Liberty conference? No, I believe it was the second What is ever. Students for Liberty? Can you, can you explain that? Yeah, Students for Liberty is sort of a... Um, it would be like a classical liberal libertarian student group. Um, so when you're in university, you know, at least in Anglo-Sphere countries, people usually join clubs. You know, they'll have their little on-campus meetings with their various, you know, technical groups or ethnic groups or whatever. And uh, a lot of people would join Republican groups or Democrat groups. And uh, this organization came around to give people an alternative and uh, allowed people to discuss libertarian ideas, classical liberal um, ideas and ideologies, a lot of them from the Austrian school, but a lot of things like Milton Friedman. Uh, they were able to talk about free markets. They were able to talk about sound money. So that was sort of the origin story. And there was a European offshoot launch in about 2011. And uh, it was at the second annual conference where we met. Okay. And uh, 
I, mean, I remember so I remember extremely dirty bathrooms because well that's that's the fault of uh, the Belgians sorry guys um, it, it's it, the it, Flemish <laughs> it, it, I think there were more people than expected and as, as far as I remember I, I have to look into my notes I probably have some notes from back then so this was even before the no, this, was, this was during the euro crisis so that's why I would be would have been talking about the ECB and gold this was during the euro crisis this was uh, at the beginning of my of my time with Die Presse, which is an Austrian newspaper um, that I spend most of my time with, uh, they are very old. You know, Ludwig von Mises wrote for them, Hayek wrote for them, but also Karl Marx wrote for them actually as a correspondent from from London. But he was always pissed because they wouldn't print all his stuff, and he thought he was a genius, but they didn't. So that's interesting. Um, but but besides that, so. I, I had a cool boss back then who who who, who told me I, I told him I want to go there I want to see like young people who are into like um, liberal or classical liberal libertarian ideas and and he said yeah just go so I, it must have been one of my first like official trips for the paper oh wow and and I think we spent like the we, we met on the train back back to the to the airport and then we we would sit together on the plane ride I think yeah I think we probably did have the same flight. Yeah, yeah, we did it. absolutely because we did, you got okay. picked up by by your by your wife, right? Oh boy, she really had me on a leash back then. Eh? <laughs> no, I think she was working at the the airport at the time. Yeah, yeah, actually, no, I don't remember. That. I remember definitely going to the to the airport and, and stuff. And I remember you, you know you were telling me a lot about understanding the ECB, a lot about the monetary system. And for me, it was that I had learned a lot of it. And what was very interesting for me is I originally came to Vienna as a you know, study abroad, let's exchange and, you know, drink white wine in the park. You know, that's what your normal exchange students do. And I, I did find myself, though, going to the early meetups. I was at the Austrian Economics Meetup in 2011 here in I, Vienna. I, by the way, I got invited to go there next year as a guest. Oh, good. Yeah. And it was actually at the Austrian Economics Meetup in 2013, uh, December, where I did my first Bitcoin talk publicly. Uh, that was the time that I thought, yeah, Bitcoin's cool, but the anonymous markets, you know, the Silk Roads, they're going to be, they're going to take over the world. They're going to be more interesting you, than Bitcoin. I, I remember you were, that's, that's, that's why you're the technical guy. I remember you're literally the only person who ever showed me the darknet. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, like, go ahead, like and, in, go ahead and drop this on your computer. Save it to uh, bookmarks on your Tor browser right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was a while ago. But with, uh, with the Austrian economics meetup, I remember I went there and it was three guys. And this is the norm for me because I got into, uh, it's an interesting for Bitcoin. I heard about this from other people. It's, you know, you have a, a lot of people who are coming into the space. I hate that term. The space because they saw NGU number go up. You know, they just saw numbers going up, cool investment, alternative. You had a lot of people who are sort of the OGs who were more tied to the Austrian school. They had read denationalization of money by Hayek. They had already been into these ideas and saw a practical form that was already there. So that, that was always kind of my introduction. And, you know, a lot of people uh, who are into this and also were into Austrian economics, you know, a lot of them put a lot of emphasis on Ron Paul very early on. And as did I. I was part of the Montreal, you know, uh, Ron Paul meetup group. You know, I was one of the four guys there. <laughs> that was back in 2008. And we were talking about gold. We were talking about silver. We were talking about all these different alternatives to currencies. You know, Bitcoin was not, I guess it was technically launched, but nobody knew about it back then. And then when we finally saw an alternative, I remember hearing about it on Free Talk Live. It was this libertarian call-in show. Uh, it was Ian Freeman. Uh, they're based, they do the Free State Project in New Hampshire. Uh, their idea is to put libertarian ideas into practice and try to get as many people elected to the state house and do all kinds of civil disobedience against the government, blah, blah, blah. But they had been into Bitcoin very early on, and they were accepting it. And uh, this is actually relevant today. There's a, an FBI press release that went out the other day. They actually raided uh, Ian's home again. And uh, I think they found, uh, I think, to the order of like 1,000 to 2,000 Bitcoin on his computer. And he had these physical Cassius Bitcoins and these actual like physical ones that had Wait, the private the guy, keys. The guy had, they, he, he owned more than a thousand Bitcoin and they, like in a way that they could find on his computer. They, well, he has been a target of, uh, we'll just say he's been a target of police for a long time. For a lot of it, yeah, for but his exactly. Activism. That's that's a, one more reason to not have 
Tell me about it. I don't know exactly what his uh, security setup was, why he didn't have like a multi-sig wallet or something else, but uh, they're, they're kind of in the news. But they were talking about Maybe Bitcoin. Maybe it's just like a de- decoy early. Bitcoin. If he was in there for so long, it's like, okay, I, I leave a couple of thousand here as a decoy. It could be, because yeah. they were accepting it as payment. And uh, I remember I had chatted with him a little bit because he had his show, Free Talk Live, and I did a podcast at the, at the time, and I was trying to get on his radio network and... We got on, and I was like, oh, you know, can I pay for the airtime? He's like, oh, just send Bitcoin to this thing. I mean, this 2013. So I didn't want to know how much I sent at some point to be on this. Uh, yeah, we all have these uh, We all have these stories, but this, I think this is the fun story of, of Bitcoin to see it evolve and uh, to see how the world evolves around it and to notice that it really never changes. Bitcoin itself, the protocol, always stays the <laughs> same. It's just us. You know, we pump in and out of it. We're super high on it one day, super low on it the next day. We have to sell some to furnish our apartment or to pay our ex-wives or something like that. Not in my case, but... Not officially, anyway. Not officially, no. But, I mean, my story is not that spectacular. It's more like a very basic... Um, knew about it, wrote about it, didn't get it, you know, bought in at the top, then forgot about it, uh, or wanted to forget about it because, you know, that's how the mind works. You you, you want to convince yourself that you're not an idiot, the world's an idiot. Um, and then, and then it's, again, so I, I really, I, I blame the media that, that I, I worked for myself. Um, and I can see it today. I mean, it's it's crazy how much how much like like bullshit is still coming out in the mainstream media, um, especially now in Germany. So that there's like right now in the German. By the way, this this is something that we want to provide here, right? We want to give 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 people like a, a little glimpse into what's happening in Europe and especially in the, in, in Germany. In the end, like economically and and, and power wise, uh, Europe and Germany are basically the same thing anyway, um, and. And right now, you know, mainstream media in, in Germany, it's like every day there is another complete bullshit article with like all the fat that you can get. It's mostly energy fud, though, or a lot of it is. It is. I mean, there's lots of energy. The, the energy fud is, is is more like there's not. They don't even do articles on it anymore. It's basically just something that you know. It's, it's a, like it's shorthand. Like, yeah. Exactly. It's like, it's like oh, Bitcoin. That's that's the thing that wastes so much energy. That's that's basically <laughs> that's that's just. That's what everybody knows that, right? Um, and I get that on Twitter a lot. And and that, that's one thing. But the other thing is that it's just, as a journalist, and you're also a journalist, it's, it's so infuriating to read all of this because you know it's just lazy work. Most of it is just lazy. It's not like these people do any research at all. They, they go in there with the headline already in their head. Yeah. And then they just confirm their own bias, which is totally fine. I mean, it's not like we do anything else when we do like a, a little, you know, polemic YouTube video, right? Mm. But in mainstream media, it still gives, you know, this whole... And that's where the fat also comes from, you know? it's a, they, You just throw something at the wall and see what sticks. And the ECB is very, you know, infuriatingly guilty of the same thing. Um, and I say ECB, but it's in the end, and this is also important... It's always individuals. It's a couple of individuals within the ECB who, who see Bitcoin as this thing that they hate so much. But they also see, and that's the ironic thing, they also see um, an, an opportunity f- to further their own career, you know? Because shitting on Bitcoin is basically a, a fancy way of saying, I like a, a central bank digital currency. And, and what you see now in Germany is you have this class of crypto haters who basically are now have have they come from all kinds of angles, but they are now only famous for this one thing, right? Famous, quote quote unquote famous, like Twitter famous, right? They get invited and, and to, to talk shows and and leave their half baked opinions there, and they always work in the same way. They, they do the same thing that the American like 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 Stephen Deal and and all these clowns. They do the same thing. They just say. Bitcoin and crypto is one thing, right? And all the bad, they, they mention all the things that they think are bad about Bitcoin and then they mention all the things that they think are bad about crypto um, and they never mention any of the, of the good things. You know? Sure. Now for them, they have a, a very clear mindset and that is to destroy this alternative and the alternative really, it doesn't care. I think that's the best part. <laughs> it just uh, continues, you know, block by block, clicking on. And what I've noticed as well, um, mostly around Central Europe, is, you know, it's the same with, you know, there's a parallel to uh, sort of capitalism or free markets in that 
in Western European capitals, it is very part of uh, the in society that will criticize, you know, new innovations or free markets. But it's places like Eastern Europe or different parts of Central Europe or different parts of, I don't know, Georgia, Ukraine, all these places that don't have the same economic freedom that we have in these other countries. They're actually very open to experimentation. You know, if you go to the Republic of Georgia, if you fly in there, you're actually able to meet a lot of people who accept and use Bitcoin on a daily basis. There's all kinds of startups that are related to Bitcoin there. There are monks who are in their monasteries with S19s mining their Bitcoin, making sure that network is secure and trying to gain that hash to get their gains at the end of the day. So there's just all these other examples. And I think this is kind of what's unfortunate about the European Union uh, and, and how it exists today is you know, it's seen as this kind of grand collective entity. But as you said, it's just, it's a certain people who get in certain positions. And, you know, sometimes they accept briefcases full of cash from Qatar, or other times they make terrible ECB policy. Uh, But it is individuals nonetheless. So this is something that we want to do here, right? We want to give give some idea of uh, a, a European perspective, which of you know it never exists because there is twenty what twenty seven countries in the European Union, and and most of the countries, especially when you look at Germany, I mean, anybody who has the time, just you know, fire up Europa Universalis and and play it for six days, and you'll know that Germany. I mean, it does it, it doesn't really exist anyway. It's 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 a bunch of of city states thrown together um, because they were afraid of the French. That's how the, the Bavarians joined in the end. Fix the Money is brought to you by 21Bitcoin, the easy way to buy, sell, save, and send Bitcoin. 21Bitcoin is a Bitcoin-only app, not an exchange. There's no distractions. There's an individual savings plan, very low fees, first-class personal support, and a German bank account. Based in the Austrian Alps, it's available now throughout Europe. Download now using the code FIXTHEMONEY to get up to 20% off your fees over there on 21bitcoin.app. Not your keys, not your coins. You need a hardware wallet signing device. Check out the Bitbox O2. Swiss made, secure, beautiful, open source, Tor support, Bitcoin only, and an all around outstanding product. Use the code FIXTHEMONEY on shiftcrypto.ch to get 5% off. That's the Bitbox O2. Fix the money, um, but but so so, and then you have Eastern Europe and Eastern. I, I love Eastern Europe. So the, the the thing is, we are in Vienna right now, and geographically, we are already in Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. Vienna is it has has a long history um, of integration with with the eastern part of Europe. Austria as, uh, uh, as well. So Austria, the country, the small country, the the people of Austria are Germans historically, right? Um, but but Austria was ruling. Together with the uh, with the Hungarians, Austria Austria Hungary was ruling about forty fifty million people when that was still a lot, um, mostly of Eastern Europe. So going going into Ukraine, going into what's today Romania, Bulgaria, going down to the Balkans, um, and 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 that's the, and, and Vienna was the capital. So so we have the, all these these cultural um, connections to Eastern Europe. And as somebody who who is not very fond of communism myself, and I don't know where it comes from with me, but I, I know where it comes from when you go to, to Eastern Europe. People there don't want socialism or communism anymore. In Western Europe, it's different. When you go to when you go to uh, to France or to, to 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 Germany, especially, you know, you have, you have lots of communists and 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 and, and socialists who will tell you you just will try one more time. This time it's going to work, right? And 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 because they have never really seen it, Eastern Germany has seen it. Ask somebody who's grown up in the in in the eastern part of Germany if they want to go back to those times. They don't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at the, the 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 structure of the EU, it's it's basically the East will will not you know leave the EU as long as you know they get some money because that's what they're in it for in the first place, money. Um, and 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 we're stuck with this for now. I don't know where it's going to lead. I've I, I and you said Ukraine. I do have an interview um, lying around with 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 a young woman from the Ukraine who who actually came from Crimea, then had to flee from Crimea to Kiev, and then had to flee from Kiev to now. I think she's in the Netherlands, and she told me all about it. How they and she actually she she also was in Canada before she before she came back to to Crimea, 
um, and they told her to use Bitcoin. And she said, no, 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 I'm not going to use Bitcoin. I'm going to use traveler's checks. That was in 2013, 14. And then she came back to the Ukraine, not, couldn't use the damn traveler's checks. And, and, then, um, and then in the end, she, did, she and her friends did use Bitcoin and I have to say other crypto stuff to get money out of the Ukraine. And I think that this is, this is like you said, like you also had, if you really have a use case for it right here, right now, that is very, very powerful. And not many people in the West have that because our economic system for now is working okay-ish, right? You were an interesting case because you already have um, um, experience with using Bitcoin in your, day -to -day, in your daily life very early on. So I don't have that, but you do. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's incumbent upon us to, if you believe in this, if you believe in the protocol, to also learn different ways that you can use it today. It doesn't have to be for a hyper-Bitcoinized future. You know, there, there are easy ways to use it today. A good example is running online servers or paying for websites. That's super easy. I happen to find a, a barber in Vienna who is just down the street from me who is very happy to accept my Bitcoin every time I go get my, my Hoschnitt and uh, my, my good old uh, beard trim. So, so there you can see that it was really interesting for a lot of these people to accept it. And going back, you know, years, you know, it doesn't just have to be the dark net. You know, I'm not going to talk about all of that, but it worked really well for a good time. They had a very good escrow system. They had a very good way of, I mean, back then you had these Bitcoin mixers, which I would not touch today because there's just too much of a risk in terms of custody. And today's sort of coin join implementations, collaborative trans, uh, transactions, they're so much better and you always have control of your Bitcoin. Back in the day, if you wanted to go onto the dark net, you, you first brought your Bitcoin, you bought it on some whatever Coinbase site, you brought it to a mixer, you'd send it to the guy and he'd send you someone else's Bitcoin. And there was always this kind of risky, shady thing. You knew you'd lose a little bit. And eventually if something showed up at your door, then hey, wow, look at you, you got very lucky. Uh, but it's that, it's that practicality that I think a lot of people are not using it. And what I'm kind of repeating to friends all the time is if we're going out and they pay for dinner or something, I'll just say, hey, look, I'll reimburse you right now in Bitcoin. It'll take two seconds. You just download this wallet. I'll send it to you. And then let's talk about it in six months. Let's talk about it in terms of, do you want to sell? Do you want to keep it? Do you want more? I can recommend uh, you know some great services that you can use to, to stack more stats if you're interested. But I, I think that's where, when it's so esoteric and it's just in the clouds, People don't understand it, but I think many of these people have never met someone who might be in Nigeria, who has capital controls on every part of their life. That happened in Greece in 2013. Capital controls can't take up more than 400 euros or something like that. I think that is, um, we'll use the Alex Gladstein thing, it is this kind of financial privilege that too many people have had for so long, unfortunately. Absolutely. It's, it's I I did this, this event in Altbach in Tyrol where I also meet, met Pasha, the, the girl from the Ukraine. Um, and, and I spent there, I spent a week there. I did all, most of the interviews. Jeff Wolf was there. Isabella Kaminsky was there. I, I organized the whole, the whole, it's a very old, traditional, very mainstream. Were European you, were you the conference. Bitcoin ambassador? Is that, is yeah, that yeah. So they, they nice. told me, they told me to, 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 um, to, to, to help, right? So I, I, I got like, these guys in i was very happy that jeff would show up i mean seeing him live orange peeling people live is great it's like it's like i i would love to be able to do his voices so people would come up to him and say i also have crypto and he would look them in the eye and say so here's what you do you 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 turn it all into bitcoin you take it off the exchange you put it on a hardware wallet in cold storage not your keys not your coin right and he would do that like 50 times a day right and uh, but in the end we had this 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 second discussion um, what, that was about crypto. So I I I, you know, I'm a Bitcoin maximalist. I don't want to deal with any other crypto stuff. But in some capacities, in some roles, I will absolutely be open minded and talk about that stuff. You know, today I heard you know at some point you're gonna need NFTs for your for your plane tickets. If if I'm gonna need an NFT for my plane ticket, fine, I'm fine with that. Right, I'll, I'll use it. Okay. But that's not the point. The point is we did a discussion so about crypto and how it's going to... And it's end, these days, it ends, it's end, like in the bear market, it always ends up with Bitcoin anyway because nobody actually wants to talk about NFTs, like art NFTs or other, like DeFi in the bear market. Um, but 
afterwards there was one lady who, who was very anti but very like superficial anti you know she she has her her, her mainstream arguments and, and and in the end i'm like i was surrounded by i think like 20 young people from all over the world and there was like a, a guy from 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 jordan um, um, and he says, I, he, I don't know what this woman is talking about. I mean, my country is total, is going down the drain, but we use crypto and Bitcoin all the time to save ourselves, you know? And that's, that's, and, and especially with the Ukraine stuff and with, with, and, and also for the Russians. I mean, my, 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 my heart bleeds for like the, the normal Russians, right? Who are, um, who have no chance to, to, to oppose whatever is happening, even if they wanted to. Um, they get cut out of the international monetary system. Their their Apple Pay and Visa Pay that we love so much doesn't work from one day to the next. Um, why are you not going to use Bitcoin? You know, I did spend. I mean, and this could be a whole episode maybe, but I actually lived in in Argentina for a year, and that was in two thousand and eight, and that's my what was my first like um, impression of inflation, like real inflation when you would when you would order pizza which is actually very good in Buenos Aires. And you order pizza and, and, and every two weeks you get a new menu with higher prices, right? This is what we see now in Europe. You know, I, I listened to an, a podcast with Preston Pish and James Lavish today and they were worried about Europe because Europe has higher inflation and more incompetence and, and all, all these problems and they're right, you know? So Europe really is a basket case and I think it's, this is a good time to, to, to start a podcast, you know, informing people outside of Europe about what's happening here, especially from a Bitcoin perspective, because as a media person, my my base case is that, and you see this already with with newsletters, podcasts, YouTube channels, whatever. My base case is we're gonna have to rebuild all of the media scene from a Bitcoin perspective, anyway. So we better get started. Yeah, and I think the Germans and the Austrians are already pretty tuned to this message. They just they're kind of already on the gold train. Um, I think you could basically ask any young working couple in Austria or Germany um, if they have any gold. And I would say it's at least 40% that has some kind of gold stock at home. I've noticed this a lot with meeting friends and just talking about Bitcoin. Oh, yeah, but I've got some gold here and there. You know, it's like, yeah, well, it's, I mean, yes, all well and good, but... Also a whole episode. We, yeah. should, we should do a whole episode only about, like, gold in Europe and especially in Austria. Yeah. You can the, you can tell me all about those gold journals uh, from back in the day. You had you had all kinds of these gold books that you were telling me about at one point, and you were books. far down this rabbit hole. You know, L- luckily you you you, f- <laughs> you found the little white rabbit. And, no, but it uh, is Bitcoin. a very interesting Maybe. rabbit hole. I mean, gold without gold, there wouldn't be any Bitcoin. Gold is the original nature's Bitcoin, right? Mm. Bitcoin fixes some of the shortcomings of gold, some very important shortcomings of gold, especially for the digital age. Um, but but gold is gold. Gold will always be gold. I mean, if you look, if you read, look, I told you before. I'm right now doing a little bit into stoicism, right? If you if you read like Seneca from two thousand years ago, he will tell you about gold. You know, yeah. Um, and 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 he actually said it's interesting. I, I have to paraphrase, but it stuck with me. I read it today. He said that the only thing like your abilities, you know. Just like gold, your abilities and your knowledge will be worth something everywhere you go. It's very interesting. Universal. Universal. And this is, and this is the same thing that you have with, with, with Bitcoin. So Bitcoin basically, it, turns, it basically turns into an ability because it turns into information in your head. So you can take wealth itself as a thought. And it, that, that this is, I mean, once you think about it, and, and it took me forever, it took me forever. And you know why it took me forever? I can. I mean, there is many reasons why it took me forever. <laughs> but this is why it's so important to talk about how to use it. I only got Bitcoin the exact moment when I realized I'm probably not going to get rich with this. This is not about speculating. This is not about, you know, number grow up at all. It isn't. It's about many other things. It's about culture. It's about connections. It's about building, you know, you know yourself up um having the ability to work on yourself i mean look at what's happening and this is also something we need i mean the the bitcoin hardcore bitcoin pleb scene in germany oh yeah is absolutely insane it's absolutely insane it's exploding on every level and these people are amazing people they are mostly it's not not a surprise it's going to be mostly young men but there are plenty of women 
and they all have this this spark. They all have this. I'm going to be a better person in two days than I'm gonna be that I was last week. Right? This, this they're working on themselves. They're contributing to the space. And it, you're right. I also hate the word, but you know. <laughs> and and it's gonna be insane to see what's happening next year. Last last year, I was an I think there were there were at least 10 different Bitcoin-only conferences in German. Biggest one in Innsbruck had like 800, 900 people. So yeah, next year it's going to be even bigger because this was the first time we did that. And, and it's extremely important to have this local um, um, community and this local um, look at things because, because the problems are always very local. It's not, it's not something that you, I mean, yes, we, I love to listen to all the macro stuff from the American guys. We don't have lots of macro gurus in, 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 in the uh, German speaking world because uh, financials and financial markets are not such a big deal here. And, and this is important, but it only gives you part of the picture. And the other part of the picture is what actually happens in real life. And what happens in real life is that, that I get videos of Uber drivers you know, every, any, normally when you get like, you know, videos of Uber drivers talking about uh, financial investments, you're supposed to get nervous. But no, you're not so because they are people too and they know stuff, right? I, and I get a video from an Uber driver from a, from a friend of mine um, who basically explains Bitcoin perfectly in three minutes. And, and, um, and then he, he, he finds out that his friend is a friend of mine and he knows me and he listens to my podcast and he sends greetings. And now, I'm, now that I talk about this, I, I, I remember that I'm supposed to write him back on WhatsApp. So I, I oh, got to go. do orange, that later. The, the orange pilling taxi fahrer. Get back exactly. to him. Get back exactly. to him. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, um, what are we expecting for next year from the Bitcoin world in Europe and in the, in the rest of the world? Yeah, I think there's a lot of different stuff. I mean, obviously, I've been more focused on whatever these uh, proposed regulations are supposed to be doing. And, you know, to be frank, a lot of it, it, a lot of it's up in the air. A lot of it is kind of captured already by either the crypto uh, scene or a lot of these politicians or um, sort of celebrities at the ECB that you were talking about. So I think there'll probably be something there. I, I think it's still going to take many, many months. So that's good and never going to be uh, our focus and never should be our focus. It's just kind of what's in the background happening uh, because you, you can't really regulate something like Bitcoin. You can only regulate the on-ramps and the off-ramps. I did a podcast with a, with a lawyer who has been into Bitcoin for years and he hates Mika, the markets and crypto assets regulation that's coming sure. out of the EU. There's lots of arguments. Let's not get into it right now, but let's just say the chances that these are good for Bitcoin and, and in extension good for Europe because what's good for Bitcoin is good for Europe because if, if it's bad for, you, for Bitcoin, people are just going to leave, right? Um, or they're going to stay but going to work on projects out, outside of Europe. I think that this is very, very basic argument, but... Even reading the sovereign individual that was published in 1995, I think, I think people haven't have no idea, and you and me, nobody has any idea of what like the digital world actually really brings about. Sure, and and things are getting faster. Well, I would say faster, more accessible, and you know, within a moment. And if we could go back and reflect on the early part of the year, we had the Canadian trucker convoy. And that was a big deal to a lot of people and meant you had real-world consequences for people receiving Bitcoin in a way that we haven't seen in many other cases. I mean, there's Navalny in Russia. You know, he's had his kind of thing where uh, people who've sent him Bitcoin, you know, they were able to get that information in Russia and they persecute a lot of these folks. So obviously not good. Uh, but, you know, in Canada, <laughs> this this normally, you know, very peaceful country where in the midst of, of this protest, you had people who were sending in Bitcoin. Um, a lot of people say it was mostly from the U.S., but actually it was uh, mostly Canadians who were sending in Bitcoin to this, to a lot of the drivers, to this one particular fund, this TallyCoin uh, website started up on BT Sessions node. Uh, I know because I was following him and I had a channel open him at the time. Wait, is it like TallyCoin? Is that really something that came out of the trucker thing? It did not come out of it, but it was developed, I have to say, two months before that, okay. um, not knowing that it would happen. But, you know, to see that circumstance, I can only think, you know, remember the Arab Spring 2011? 
you know, what if there had been Bitcoin back then? You know what the Arab Spring was about? Food and inflation. inflation. There was, I will never forget the guy on the Reuters picture who had like bread tied to his head. Um, because that's what, that's what inflation is. That's why everybody gets so crazy when inflation hits because inflation is the, is the one thing that everybody, like everybody feels immediately and people have a very, very low um, tolerance, you know. We'll go through all the shit, you know. We wear the mask. Yeah, we'll, we'll stay at <laughs> home and do the lockdown and we'll go through a lot of shit as long as we can feed our family. But as soon as we cut, as the family feeding is a problem, you know, it's not your problem anymore. It's the government's problem because they will get, um, you know, there will be prote- protests. And, and that's what the Arab Spring was about. I mean, of course, it's, it turned out like it always turns out, especially when you look at like Egypt. They're now building a whole new, a whole new insane um, structure for the army outside of Cairo. So they can, so that never happens again because then they can just shoot at people from the distance. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah? Well, that's actually, you know that you know in Austria there's a Ringstraße, you know here in Vienna, mm-hmm. we have a it's it's called the Ring. It's basically um, uh, it's a circle around the inner city, right? But it's not a circle. When you look at it, it's just it's 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 a collection of straight of straight lines. And this is because after the revolution in 1848, when the people revolted against the monarchy. Um, one of the, the, the answers to open up was to, to get rid of the, the old city wall. And this is what the, the, the street is today. But because the, the, the military was so afraid of the people and they were super involved in the planning of the ring, so they, get, they said, we, we can't make it like a real circle. It cannot be round. We have to have straight lines that we can shoot people at. Mm. You know? That's how governments plan their cities. Well, at least if we, if back then had we stormed the ring, the Hopspoys would have been right in the middle. <laughs> so you could be able to get to them somehow. But it, I'm sure they've got some tunnels and crypts and things. There to are the, tunnels. And, and also, you know, never forget it's, it's, it's still Austria. This yeah. is the country that will send out the press release that they went totally insane and there's going to be a mandatory vaccination now. And everybody within the country knows immediately it's never going to happen. Those idiots are never going to do it, you know? Mm. But outside of the country, you get the bad press anyway. Yeah. 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 And I think to your point, I don't, I mean, we've, we're kind of living in inflation, mostly energy inflation. We're seeing that Austria has always had, uh, you know, fairly high grocery bills as compared to the other year. I mean, geez, go shopping in Spain once. (laughs) You want to shoot yourself once you get back home here. But, you know, we've always had higher prices there, but the energy inflation, especially, and, and, you know, the way that it works here is you, you sort of prepay for what you're expected to be able to use. And when people are getting their actual bills now, you know, you're hearing 200x, 300x. It's completely uh, insane. And that is, so yes, we had those high inflation numbers that started coming in and I don't know what, June, July, but, you know, come February or end of January, you know, the money's running out. The 13th and 14th month that Austrians get paid, you know, because there's all these extra months where you guys get checks or something like this. It's a tax thing. So if, yeah. if, you, if you are employed, right, if you, because I'm self-employed, so I don't get that. But if you are employed, you get, you get like a 13th and a 14th extra salary. That's um, where there's less tax on it. So it, it, it's more money and it's supposed to pay for your, for your summer vacation and for the presents for the, for the kids for Christmas. Christmas and it actually yeah. works pretty well because, because going, even going back to, to, to the Bitcoin thing, I mean, one thing maybe I have learned about, and, and the gold especially, I, my personal view is this. There are savers. Most, of the, most people are savers, not investors. Um, saving has been completely, you know, um, destroyed by the monetary system. And then it has, there, there are some, you know, vehicles that you can help yourself with, especially when you look into index fund investing, that the story of Jack Bogan and Vanguard, you know, when, he st- when, did, when did Vanguard start? Like seven minutes after Nixon ended the gold standard, right? Um, but we, we, we didn't have index investing. We don't have investing at, at all. So basically people, especially in the German-speaking countries, the only thing that they invest in is real estate. And then there's gold. So gold is a whole, 
and, and why is gold good? Because you, you put it in, into cold storage, right? You put it somewhere where you cannot reach it immediately. You're not going to check the gold um, um, prices every day and you're not going to panic when gold goes down and run to the shop and sell your, sell your coins. Um, but this, if, you, if, you, if you have like stocks on your, on your cell phone, you know, or even like more modern things like options and all that shit, and, and, and I think that like in the digital realm, um, really, if you look at it, Bitcoin works the same way. You put your Bitcoin on a cold storage. You put the cold storage in a in a place that you only you know where it is, or, or maybe your next of kin or something. And and you're not gonna run there and transfer transfer it to Coinbase in a panic. But you're going to to sell your shit coins. You're going to sell your your stocks in a panic immediately. You're gonna make mistakes. And you know why I know that because. I do it. Because <laughs> I've lived it. Uh, well, here, you asked me uh, something you know, for next year. I mean, what I'm excited about is, is actually the technology, the tech, the tools, um, all the things that are coming out for Bitcoin. Many of them are open source technologies that people are using now. Um, we do know that you know, the guys over at Block and Cash App are coming out with you know, sort of their own hardware wallet. There are some great hardware wallets that exist now. I just got my BitBox set up, actually, uh, which is working pretty well. Good man. And um, very intuitive, actually. It's, it's a very nice thing. But there's all, all these other type of things, you know, integrated uh, apps that have both Lightning and Bitcoin, things like Moon. Uh, there's another one called BitKit, um, which has come out fairly recently, which is also very good. Uh, you have apps like Phoenix uh, sort of on your mobile phone that anybody can download, and you can receive both Lightning and Bitcoin, and you can use that basically to transact over everything. And what I think is cool, cool about this is it is money in your pocket. Yes, you'll have your cold storage at home. Yes, you'll have it you know, written down on your pieces of paper, you'll have it locked away. Uh, but you know, for that spending money, for what we call that wham, that walk around money, the tools are just getting better. It's true. I mean, I, 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 I bought a new, a new iPhone. So, because he caved. I mean, there's, like three, <laughs> there's, there's like three mistakes at, at once, right? Consumption, high time preference, then you, it's not, it's not, it's an iPhone. It's not even an Android or even something even better. You know, I know, I know, I know. Could have, could have bought like point zero zero one Bitcoin at that, you know. <laughs> I know. But the thing is like, I, I, that you buy it at the end of the year to get your tax down, right? So you buy all the stuff that you, that you're probably going to need. I didn't even, like, I have Moon and Wallet of Satoshi and a couple of other um, Lightning wallets for, for like my everyday spending needs. I don't, I, I mean, this is too much, but if you go on a, on a conference or I, I do the same thing as you do, you know, if I, if I owe somebody money, I'll send them some Bitcoin, right? Okay. So, so I didn't even like think about how to transfer that. I just logged in and it was there. And of yeah. course I know it's not like perfect um security it's 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 a it's a it's a wallet for small change you know you have yeah. this is only this is not your main bitcoin wallet it's something that you use um for everyday stuff and if it's gone you better not be, be sad about it yeah and you can use uh, all of this also as you know watch only wallets so you can actually receive to your cold storage while you're out on the go on your phone you know you don't have your key on the phone at all you're only able to watch the wallet so you can like just pop up an address and at any time if somebody wants to send you something and it's not coming to an exchange that's got your name on it, it's like perfect. And I, I think that is very cool. The hardware wallets, um, a lot of the protocols online, websites, um, a lot with the lightning address is really interesting and cool because everybody's used to email now. And email is a kind of Bitcoin. Right, it's sort of an original protocol. Everybody has different versions of it, or running some kind of uh, different application. But the base, you know, TCP/IP protocol is the same for email, and you know, the people are able to send and receive. And I think all of the protocols that are being set up, something like a Lightning address, where it's your domain that you own, so that you don't need to have this like super long invoice. You know, with like LN, LN eighty seven, you know, whatever, how many or many numbers? I think that stuff in real time, we're seeing it develop, and we're seeing it develop faster in the last year than we probably had in the last five. So I can only imagine what it'll be like next year. And these things are only going to get better. You know, whatever you thought was cool about NFTs and flipping cryptos and all this kind of stuff, 
you know, all of that, anytime somebody's doing that, just ask them, like, what, what's the, what are you really doing there? Oh, this is a token tied to file storage on this, and I get paid for somebody using my uh, hard drive. I'm like, God, why would you give that up? You could run another node. <laughs> you so don't need I, to do that. I have this article that I, where, that I called the shitcoin standard, and my, my argument is basically just any altcoin or shitcoin it's just a way to monetize a low IQ argument against Bitcoin. So look at it. It's faster. Look at it. I can do stuff with it. Look at it. DeFi. Look at it. This, that, whatever. And we're going to see that because, first of all, you expect something like that when you have an innovation as big as Bitcoin. And you expect something like that in an, in an inflationary environment. Um, and people who, who, who spend so much money on, on, on this stuff, I mean... Coffee Silla, who is now the the world's most famous journalist, um, because he's covering the whole um, Sam Bankman Fried fraud, and he hasn't been one of the like he, he has done a way better job than the New York Times. Um, he has done this this three part series about Logan Paul and his crypto zoo scam, right? I mean, the people people invested half. There was one guy who invested half a million dollars into something called Crypto Zoo. Um, because Paul. it was run by Logan Paul, and who is of course a famous influencer, right? And so these things are going to happen, um, and they're not going to stop. And and I think at some point we just have to to get used to you get we get used to the situation where you know things are never going to go back to what we consider normal. We are old, right? I turn forty next year, but but um, I have this like my old time favorite quote from Hunter S. Thompson and I read a lot of Hunter S. Thompson in my like gonzo journalism yeah, phase right um, and he said when the going gets weird the weird turn pro and I think that this is something that's true for Bitcoiners it's something for that's true for many people outside of Bitcoin that we probably don't see who do amazing stuff that we don't know about because they're not within like our bubbles and it's especially true for um, like the young people of today, those who are 20 today, who, who, who have this very high capacity to deal with extremely quickly changing things. And, and, and uh, we have some of it, right? We have some of it because we grew up with the internet. Our parents have not very much of it. And, and, and the people that come after us have a lot of it because they don't know the world in a different way. They only know it digitally and constantly changing so quickly that you basically you have to know what ha what's happened in, in the morning to be able to hold a conversation in the evening. This is new. This is, hasn't happened in the, the, before, right? <laughs> the meme world, yeah. Exactly. I mean, and you see it. It's so funny. You see it when, when, when like my, my, my father-in-law, right, who's on Facebook, you know? So, so the meme would start on 4chan, right? And then it would go to Twitter, which is like the second coolest thing. Then it will probably go somewhere uh, to TikTok. I mean, maybe TikTok generates their own memes. In the end, they all end up on Instagram two weeks later. And then two more weeks later, my my father-in-law would see it on Facebook and send it on WhatsApp, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're even, you're even skipping Reddit. So even Reddit has now been to kind of replaced in this too. I've been, I've been skipping Reddit professionally for, for, for 10 years. Yeah, or this so. is I, good. I really, Reddit is a place I never, I never go to. It's cooked. Yeah, there's uh, all kinds of things there. Well, um, so yeah, I'm very excited about the tech. I'm very excited um, in terms of new projects that are starting. There's a lot of development that's being done. There's, you know, the second order effects of Bitcoin are also very strong. Um, something that you mentioned, you know, Bitcoin is a social network, uh, more things that are growing, new ideas. Um, you have different people that are getting involved who probably would never have gotten involved before. Um, I saw this great chart the other day of, you know, for a new technology, it's normally the nerds first, then it's the criminals then, then it's the normies and then it's the grandmas, right? So uh, what, what are we, the nerds, the criminals, or the normies? I think we're like, I, I think we, in this one, it might have, it was probably like it went nerd, criminal, back to nerd. Because mm. now criminals just, you know, use other stuff. Um, a lot of Monero and uh, some of the other coins. And we're, we're kind of, we're, we're on the cusp of normie. We're getting there. I am basically a normie, to be honest, especially within the Bitcoin world. Um, but it's okay. Well, no, I don't know. I don't know if you can consider it normie because uh, there's a lot of there's a lot, of, a lot of these Bitcoin conferences I see that are pure developers, you know, guys who just only know code who go there. But that's just one part. Yeah, yeah. they can create you know these beautiful buildings, but if you don't have people to walk around in them, you don't have people to set up shop. 
uh, to you know spend their money there. What's no, the point? No, and, and of, this is why this is why as, why it's true. It's a social network, and really, what it does, and this is what I, what fascinates me so much, it, it gets, it like it, it tingles your inner entrepreneur, right? It 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 gets you off your ass, and you you start building stuff. And that's what's so fascinating about it. And there's and you have this this network of other people who will help you and who will who will get into that stuff and will support you. And I mean, I always joke to my wife: it's like you know, Bitcoin Twitter is basically just a, a bunch of grown-up nerds sending you know orange hearts at each other all day long. Yeah. <laughs> she she is super super like almost creeped out by how nice people are. Um, Good morning. But, <laughs> but and and I think really it is because because having having a solid base literally having the same values gives you frees you up for creative entrepreneurial work that is so hard to do in a world where everybody is just you know fucking everybody else over because the fiat money system is is not working for anybody so you just have to look for your personal um gain um and there's too many people doing that maybe i'm 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 naive there it's going to be assholes in bitcoin as, uh, as well right but right now and this is what i'm thankful for the for the crypto stuff is like the most of the assholes will go directly to the crypto because it's easier for them to scam people it's easier for 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 if you if you're with ethereum or solana or whatever if you if you have any like scamming bone in your body you're going to do that right um because because humidity is like a, it's like a test you know if you if people believe that you should not. You, you should not. What, what did what, what did this guy say? There's no reason to ever own Bitcoin. You know, I can I can own stable coins in the in the bear market, and I and I own like I don't know Terra Luna in the bull market, right? Um, but 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 that's the thing. So so there is many many threads that I work on. One is that I really think I'm really very bored with like this investing lens um, of people that people bring. Um, and this is also my personal, like my personal growth stuff. I don't want to, you know, I, this is not, I mean, exchanging money or speculating on money is not a job, it's not a lifestyle. Yes, some people might be able to do it, but it's not for me and it's not for most people. Um, and, and, but, but there's so many people coming into the space from so many angles. Um, so the only thing that I'm afraid of maybe sometimes is that, you know, there's too many, like, wars going on within the space because so many opinionated people come together and everybody sees their vision of bitcoin and that you know but this is going to happen anyway you can't you can't you can't do anything about that you just have to go through it i guess oh yeah and i hope we can normalize just using it as it's meant to be the internet's native money and i I think more people are getting into that you know mindset of look it's just it is a useful tool that is there for me to use and then I can do anything with that that I want. And you, you know what you're talking about with the development, it's about that discipline, which we're in the perfect age for uh, actually executing that because we are in this inflationary spiral. And I think it will get much worse in January, February and on. And what do you do in a time of inflation? You know, that's when you kind of, you pucker up, you gather as much of your eggs as you can. You know, you try to actually keep your, your house safe. You want to make sure that you avoid all of the risk well, the biggest riskiest things out there right now are just a lot of these, you know, weirdo cryptocurrencies that people are trading on Uniswap and all the rest. You know, sushi swap, sushi swap, why, uh, pancake swap, poo swap. There, there's so many of these, and once you understood how those work, and I, I did, I I had the journalist mind with a lot of altcoins early on to just see how it works. Like, okay, who started the contract? How does it work? What's a liquidity pair? What does that mean? Okay, so some guy drops in a thousand you know, whatever, USD coins. And then as long as people bid that up and sell, they can just take all of that. So I mean, this is all a scam. <laughs> it's basically just a very, very slow ICO. Yeah. Where you get some shit coin that gets propped up um, artificially. And after it's all done, it just goes to zero and you have to move on to the next, to the next um, shit coin thing. It's, it's just, it's one, it's a Ponzi scheme wrapped in, an, in a Ponzi scheme and it's just people... I mean, this this is fascinating. Actually, I've I've seen this in 2019. Um, I realized that people have been doing this for ages. Nothing is new under the sun. There has been forums about Ponzi schemes um, where people would just because when you get into a Ponzi scheme early on, you can actually make some money, 
right? You just have to be like in the first 10%. So people go on forums and, and exchange tips about who starts a new Ponzi scheme and when and how to get into very quickly and just get out very quickly, right? And this is just going hyper with, with crypto. And, and Crypto telegram groups, that's where it's at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's what you see, like all the scams. And I get that on my YouTube channel, you know, people getting scammed. There is a telegram, like it's called an official official telegram group. It's not mine, of course, it's a scam group. But if you look for my name, you're going to find it. Um, where they where they, they publish my 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 videos and in between some trading tips that are not from me because I don't have any trading tips. You know, my the only trading tips you will get from me is like buy high, sell low, avoid taxes. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I got to find this group. I'll go ahead and do a little bit of trolling. Okay. Well, I think with uh, we we talked about obviously a lot of the scams, um, the country stuff. Let's go back to the European lens very quickly. Everybody's got a lot of focus on El Salvador and what's happening there. And I think there's pros and cons when it comes to how Bitcoin has been practiced there. And I say practice because, you know, you, you can adopt Bitcoin or you can practice it, but that's about all you can do. You can't really capture it. Uh, if there was a European country that did have a Bitcoin standard, which one would it be and why? Montenegro. 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 Oh, this is interesting. Uh, Montenegro. That's a good one. And, 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 why is easy because Montenegro already doesn't have their own um, uh, currency. They're using the euro, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, and in in a sense, I mean, in theory, none of the euro members have their own currency, right? There are some MMT idiots running around saying we can print whatever monetary sovereignty, but it, it, they don't. I mean, they, the countries do not have monetary sovereignty. They, they, they do not have their own currency. Montenegro is outside of the eurozone. It's outside of uh, the EU, so they could, could do what they want. Um, but and so I I don't know anything about the the um, the uh, the politics of Montenegro. Yeah, we, I, we, I, we, I actually we, I know some we, some Montenegrian politicians actually. We should we, call them up and we call up uh, Prince Prince uh, Philip of Serbia um, and and do a podcast with him about Montenegro. The Montenegrinians yeah. and the Serbians they're pretty good, so that's that should work. Okay. But but the the. So Montenegro is a small country, nice beaches um, at, the, at the Adriatic Sea. One, uh, it's, a sm- it's part of what was before Yugoslavia. Um, they, as far as I remember, they like in the wars they were actually on the on the on the on the side of the uh, of the Serbians, but but they wouldn't actually. So you know Dubrovnik. Yeah, Dubrovnik is where they where they filmed um, Game of Thrones, um, where they, uh, King's Landing, right? Uh, so it's a beautiful city. It's Croatia. And during the war, the Montenegrinians were tasked by the Serbians to bomb it. But they wouldn't. They would just you know, shoot the artillery, artillery um, over the city into the sea. Because it's a, if they destroyed it, you know, it would have been gone forever. Okay, so Montenegro would be, would be an interesting uh, case. Maybe you said Georgia. Is, uh, Georgia, I think, is officially still in Europe, right? Uh, they have a lot of association agreements, um, but the, and they're very close to Russia right now. But so. it's Europe. I mean, officially, Techni- it's like Europe, European yeah. country, right? Yeah. Um, so that would be interesting, like a smaller country. If, but I mean, I'm really not very. I, I don't know a lot about El Salvador, and I'm not gonna opinion. I'm not gonna have a, a very strong opinion on that right now, but. I don't like the whole which country is going to do it, you know, yeah, because yeah. It, it has this this top-down thinking again. Um, so maybe if we want to close, I want to close with this. You said it's the native currency of the internet, the native money of the internet, and this would also be our episode title because it's the truth, and it's what Jack Dorsey says. And it's if you think about it, I mean, the internet had, doesn't know any borders. Neither should the money, right? Um, ironically, the people pushing the no border, no nation um, narrative would also be pushing every country needs their own central bank. Yeah? A couple of years ago, there was this conspiracy theory that they are going to set up a world currency on the IMF. That has totally gone away. You don't hear anything about that. Anymore. The SDRs. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We can do. We can do. We can do. Uh, we can talk about the SDRs, but not today, please. <laughs> it's 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 officially a holiday. I don't want to do, go into special drawing rights. But but it's so that has gone away. But it's the native currency of the internet. And the thing is, and this is is, is my philosophical position is, 
if you are against Bitcoin, you're really basically you know, f- against humankind, really. Because, because giving, giving billions of people access to a neutral, permissionless, hard money system will, in my opinion, be the, 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 best, the best development tool we've seen for, I mean, base, probably since electricity, right? And, and this is, of course, why it's so feared by many, because, because, because much of the power today lies with, with, with money, it lies with, um, with, with what the, the Western world, how the Western world basically controls the rest, I guess. I, don't, I mean, monetary colonialism, the, the, the system they set up with Bretton Woods and the IMF. I'm not saying there is, like, the, the, what are the alternatives? The alternative would be the European approach, which has been, we can talk about that. There's a whole rabbit hole of how the Europeans thought about the euro and how to set up a, actually a pretty neutral, pretty hard currency for the rest of the world. So far, it hasn't worked out. I'm not going to go with the with the Russians and the Chinese approach of a total dystopian Aurelian um, um, uh, surveillance state, right? But some in the Europe and some in, in the US want to do that. So we have to stop them. That's the, that's the mission. That's what we have to do. We have to say, no, this is not going to happen. Um, you are not the ones deciding. And if, and if the, the people deciding are in office, they need to get thrown out of office and somebody else needs to come in. This is how a democracy is supposed to work. Um, and then, of course, I mean, it's a technology. Everybody should have access to technology. And I mean, the idea of the next Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk sitting in Lagos or in, in Kenya right now. It's just amazing. And how many people's lives have been squandered and destroyed because of, because of fiat money, because of state money. You know? Our, uh, we just get robbed slowly. That's why we don't really have a problem with it in the long run. But, but people in, in Africa, South America, they know all about it. They get robbed quickly. <laughs> By the <laughs> state, on the streets. Oh, exactly, yeah. exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, and this has been the, the, the history of, of politics, the history of government, and the history of money since we invented the thing. Because, because we always had, they always had a way to, to di- dilute the monetary base. And Bitcoin is not going to solve it magically. We have to work on it. We have to st- stick with the message. We see now with FTX and others, I mean, how many Bitcoins do really exist? How many Bitcoins have been created by the... By the by the, the, the FTX um, central bank. Exactly, <laughs> by like these, these shadow banks, right? Who, who just say they have Bitcoin, but they don't. So yeah, Bitcoin is the native currency of the internet. I think it's going to, to be the best thing since sliced bread, but not because it's going to make me or anybody rich, but because it's going to make that guy in, in Kenya who, who can you know, work in a, in a global economy, earn some Bitcoin, buy a better computer, and then, you know, start a company that's going to disrupt Amazon. It's that's a, what I want to see. It's a human upgrade. It's a, that's it's a human nice. upgrade. There that's you go. nice. That's why, that's why I wanted to hear you. You're dropping those, those titles that we need for the, for, the, for the episode that we're going to have to end now because we are, I think we are over an hour. Right oh, very now. good. All right. Well, Nico, uh, you guys have been listening to Fix the Money. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, thank thank you for doing this with me. Thank you for being here. I'm looking forward to a couple of a lot of conversations. We're also gonna have interviews with people from all all over. You know, you're gonna do interviews. I'm gonna do interviews, and in between, we're gonna do these episodes. And I already love what we're doing from my point of view. <laughs> Very cool. Bitcoin is for enemies, but it's also for friends. And on Perfect. that, cheers. Perfect. Perfect.